Let's go to the movies. Let's go see the stars. Cowboy heroes, cops and robbers, glamour and strife, bigger than life. Sitting in the Oh, how you been? I've been, I've been good. I've been good. I, I feel like just when you thought Jesus was white. The Black Messiah. Oh, God, the Black Messiah. Yeah, so um, we're going to do a little movie review. We haven't done one of these in a while. So uh, we both saw a movie that moved us. So we decided to talk about it at the table. It did. It did. I want to talk about it. I do want to talk about it. Because, Whitey, I got a lot of things on my mind. No, I'm just playing. So the movie we're talking about, of course, if you haven't picked up, is Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. Um, the film about Fred Hampton um, and the Judas involved in the the Fred Hampton assassination. I. So, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No. Tell me but, your thoughts. Give, give me your thoughts. I'm just gonna say this one thought before we really get deep into it. I haven't been moved this much by a black film since Malcolm X. And that's been wow. about, and that's been like okay. thirty years now. That's like thirty wow. years since X came out. You know what I mean? Okay. So, yeah, I am. Um, I am definitely feeling that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Let me just come off back and say, like, it was fantastic. I think it was incredibly well executed. The acting was incredible. Danya Kaluuya, um, mm-hmm. as Fred Hampton, like he did his research, and he, I mean, he was flawless. He was he amazing. It. He killed it. Yeah, I mean, even down um, to the accent. Yes. He had the brothers. Yes. I've sat there. I've watched um, some poor documentaries. I, I showed Yanni, and she was like, nah, dude, I need, like, a documentary where somebody's narrating it. And I've watched <laughs> some da- documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a conglomeration of clips. I was like, I, I need someone to help, you know, flow me through this hour and a half of clips. <laughs> Now look, I sat there and watched that hour and a half of clips because I just wanted wow. to hear Fred Hampton speak yeah. for himself. You know, now let, let's preface this, okay? Uh, us two people that you listen to all the time—if you listen all the time—some of y'all ain't <laughs> no damn good. But <laughs> if you listen all the time, I'm going to explain one little thing about our background. We would not exist, Yanni and Jason, and, and, and all of our brothers and sisters. Well, half of our brothers and sisters, because you know. Um, uh, we would not exist without the Black Panther Party, because that's where our parents exactly. were. Exactly, that's where so, they met. They met at a Black Panther meeting in Philadelphia. Yeah, and so we we had no choice. Even our brothers who have married other races, they got this pro-black in them that they can't really. They can try to get rid of it, it, but you can't shake it because that's we literally were products of the Black Panther Party. You know. Right. We were the Cubs they talk about, you know, we're them. Yes. So seeing this movie and then even seeing how it moved my mom or our mom and just her, when she just spoke about Fred Hampton and um, started remember, remembering all the the things, that, the 10 points they had to remember as Black Panthers and the songs they had to sing and everything. Right. It was a real connection. And yeah. they paid great homage to it, which I, I kind of felt a sense of pride watching it. Yeah. You know, like 
I, I've had many white people I've talked to like, well, I just don't get why black people are so angry about this and, you know, like, and why they seem so angry at this stereotype of that we're all angry walking around just mad people. Right. You know what I mean? But then you start to see the things that they've done to our leaders throughout history, you know what I mean? And they always want you to shut up and not say anything about the way things are and just accept right. the way things are because they're comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be comfortable. And, um, I think that's why it never works out when I date white girls. Maybe, maybe that's, 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 <laughs> maybe, maybe it all just came full circle. Like, oh God, you just need to date someone who understands where you're coming from. So you, you date people that don't necessarily well, understand your background. Um, nobody so. understands where I'm coming from because there's a lot of mushrooms and everything else all in the mix. And it just like, you know, big All part of your gumbo. history mix history yeah. a little cloudy. Yes, yes, man. You know, I know stories of my grandmother, stories of my father, stories of my mother, and then stories from me that's just trippy. That I'm just like, wait uh -huh. a minute, okay, this is, I, I am America, but whoa, okay? So, yeah. I date a black girls yeah. and they be like, you a little weird. Okay, go on. <laughs> uh, yes, equally, I was very moved by the, the movie. I knew a bit about Fred Hampton. I didn't know a ton about him. I knew that he was a really prominent leader. I knew he had been assassinated in like a very brutal, brutal murder by the cops, like in his bed sleeping. Like I knew all those things about him. I think I did not understand like how powerful of a leader he was, how intelligent he was, how keenly aware of the way that history and politics have played into maintaining a certain status quo where we are always the ones on the bottom of the totem pole. Um, he was like very, very much aware of that. And um, he understood that in order for us to you know, move up and move ahead, as a community, like we all needed to have that same awareness and understanding. And we had to basically say that, you know, we weren't gonna tolerate this anymore. Like we were done, we're not gonna tolerate this. And he emphasized multiple times, like his, his strategy was not to lash out in violence against people. He was like, but I am going to defend myself. Like what, what would I look like not defending myself? And that's always the odd thing to me, like the expectation that black people who have been um, the victims of violence in this country for literally centuries. I mean, very, very violent, violent um, relationship we've had with uh, the powers that be in this country. But the expectation is always that our response to that will be peaceful and will be mild. Yeah. It's very, it, it's a bizarre state of affairs. Like even with the Black Lives Matter movement, everyone was always like emphasizing like, well, I mean, it's okay to protest as long as you're being peaceful. And it's just like, but we are protesting. I used to hate that. A ongoing <sighs> violent treatment by the police. So you're saying that like we're constantly met with violence, but in turn, in return, we have to speak out peacefully. Like, how dare you? Well, and here's how another thing. You? And here's another thing. I'm just going to ask you a rhetorical question. How long has police violence been going on against black people? Since police. And how long is that? <laughs> you know, I'm 100% on board with you. Um, but back to the movie. Yes, I, yeah, I thought it was an incredible movie. I thought that yeah. it um, was a really good depiction also of how much the Black Panther Party brought to the black community. Um, the discipline they provided, the leadership they provided, the support for communities, for children, you know, the free breakfast program. Um, they highlighted all of those things. And then on the flip side, 
they highlighted exactly why it was that they were so hated. And it wasn't because they were violent and it wasn't because they were feared. That's not why they were hated. They were hated because they posed a threat to the status quo. Right. The status quo was white power. Black people, we might let a few of you trickle in if you play by our rules, but by and large, you stay in your you stay in your field. You stay in your corner. Um, you live by these rules, and we don't expect you to rebel at all. And he basically he and other leaders in the area they rejected the status quo. They yeah. were like, no, we're we're not gonna abide by these rules anymore. Like you don't you don't have a right to you know life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness at my expense. Right. And, and, and so that's I, why they were hated. And, and that's why they were hated. And the other thing that was very interesting to me that they pointed out, which I always knew, but I remember uh, sitting in a bar and talking to one of my um, older friends. Now I invited this dialogue with him because he was an older guy. You know what I mean? And. Mm-hmm. He never had this conversation before until him and I had it. And he was like, he thought the Black Panther Party was racist. And of I was course. like the black and I was like the Black Panther Party was not racist. I know that cuz again, I was raised by a former Black Panther. I was right. like the Black Panther Party was not racist. You know what I mean? They they, they wanted to establish their own party within the government because because the government didn't represent us in any shape, form or fashion of the whole matter. So when they showed them and he was like white power to white people black power to black people <laughs> you know like he yeah. was about power to the people he meant the people right the people mm-hmm. was all encompassing y'all were not all on the same side you know what i mean we didn't all believe the same things but who was being oppressed was the people who were underprivileged you know what i'm saying right. like so it, it, was, it was a very complex guy to have died at 21 he was so complex yeah. and, I, I mean i couldn't have been that i couldn't have done that no, i ain't signed on i ain't signed on no hillbillies I was not trying to like lead a revolution at 21. That's oh, not what I was doing. I ain't trying to lead a revolution he, now. Right. <laughs> exactly. But no, he was, I mean, his level of intelligence and, and foresight and insight, like you said, was um, for someone who was 21, he was way far beyond his years. And yeah. that, yeah, that threat of also like uh, merging together, like all of these oppressed people. He kept saying power to the people where there are people, yeah. there's power. So what he where did was he collected power. the people. Yep. He was like, where there are people, there's power. Let's mm-hmm. get the people together. And that is an incredible threat because the, the wealthy and the elite are the minority. When you talk about right. majorities and minorities, the wealthy and the elite are the minority. He said, um, I, <laughs> the, the masters are running the show. What if we got the overseers and the slaves together? I'm just like, what? Right. <laughs> it's a part of me that's like, what? You know what I mean? But right. That's his mind was it was it was evolutionary. It was beyond revolution. Yeah. It was evolution, and it was like, hold up, the same person's playing both of us against each other, and we're all falling for it. Like this is how we got to break that cycle. Now, I think we're too far gone from that. I don't think the overseers and the slaves can get together at this point. I'm just not that guy. You know what I mean? I got my gun pointed at the overseer, too. That's how I'm looking at it, okay? So. I mean, it, it can happen. It, it can happen. I think we're at a place now. I, I don't know how we're going to, like, come back from this place we are right now because there are so many people who have been convinced, <clears throat> so many overseers who have been convinced that, yeah, the slaves are basically out to destroy them, and they're the cause that, they're the reason why they're still overseers and not plantation owners. Like, yes. that, that has been what they have been convinced about. And um, now they just believe in total and complete nonsense. Like, there's a, a complete 
disconnect from the truth at this point. So I don't know how we can get back to that point. But I mean, if you look at history, this has happened on multiple occasions where people look around and they're just like, wait, this is not my enemy. Like, let's get together. It's happened in history before it can happen again, but it's, it's going to take some work and a charismatic leader who will probably be assassinated, but <laughs> which is why it ain't going to happen. I mean, they, they killed him at 21 because 21. of what he was. Yeah. And when they see it, they kill it. You haven't seen that in a long time. You haven't right. seen that. You, 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 you got people divided. He went in between the lines of division being an extreme black radical movement as they called it he went in between the lines of division and was like i'm gonna pull everybody we're gonna get everybody to side with this because this whole system is messed up we got to change this whole system and when they saw that they said you're the biggest threat to america and they killed exactly meanwhile you got white boys you know storming the Capitol right now when they're not a big threat to america i heard a senator say today it wasn't really that big of a deal that's how i'm saying like wow i don't know if i I can side with them right before I go off, how many stars are you gonna give this movie out of four stars? Five. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it six. Because <laughs> I can't six count. Because I can't count, and it was that damn good. That is called an improper fraction, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what I'm gonna give it. <laughs> it was amazing. If you have not seen it yet, check it out. Um, and do yeah. some research on Fred Hampton. There's there's lots of video clips of him. He's worth doing research. Available. On. Um, he was incredible. He, he was an incredible human being. It's such an incredible loss to um, the evolution of America. Like yeah. we, yeah. What we could have, what we could have achieved. Yes. Had what, we what, what could have happened? Leaders yeah. like him and others. He's not the only one, but leaders like him yeah. to um, flourish. Instead, you went with J. J. Edgar Hoover. Oh well, what are you gonna do? J. Edgar Hoover. Shit. Okay. <laughs> Drinks. <laughs> Picnic basket drinks. <laughs> Just move on up. For peace you can find. Into the steeple of beautiful people where there's only one kind. So hush not, child. It's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> now I feel fine. <laughs> kind of feels like it. I- I'm wondering, like, you know, we just had this coup. This is actually the second, only the second attempted coup that has taken place in the U.S. One was at the state level here in North Carolina, which was actually successful in the early, the late 1800s, 1890s or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Interestingly enough, speaking of Fred Hampton, the Black Panther Party, the government here was actually run by a mixed race group of people. So basically a bunch of black and white poor people got together and said the exact same thing that Fred Hampton said, like, you are not my enemy. Like, let's get together. Let's run for office. Mm -hmm. um, Let's run the state. And that's what they did. You know what happened? The white elites came in and literally slaughtered people and took over. So that was. The, I never heard about that one. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like that gets left out of the history books. But that was like the only successful violent coup that took place here in America. And then we had the second one that happened in January, which was unsuccessful. But that was the first one here in North Carolina, and it was successful. Wow. Um, well, uh, okay. Well, this one, this one was 
oddly almost successful. I can't believe it was almost successful. It was almost successful. Although I don't, I mean, I, maybe some people had a plan. I just wonder what would have happened if they had actually were able to access members of Congress. Like, would they have just killed them? Like, what, what was about to happen? Well, I think the issue was the military said they were, weren't going to get involved. And that means President Trump could have called, former President Trump could have called a state of emergency and pretty much not left office for a bit. If you take out Congress and everybody, mm-hmm. nobody's there to swear in somebody else. President. Yeah, he would have, he just would have been like, no. He, he was trying to pull some third world country stuff and he almost oh, got yeah, away he with did. it. He almost, almost got away with it if it wasn't for you damn kids. Is that what they did, said in, um, uh, <laughs> Scooby Doo. Uh, Scooby Doo. Now they didn't say damn kids, Johnny. They said if it wasn't for you meddling, you meddling kids. Meddling damn. kids. Damn, Johnny got the gangster Scooby Doo. What, what Scooby Doo were you watching? <laughs> I would have got I away with it. The one for you, goddamn kids. PG thirteen. It was the PG thirteen Scooby Doo. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so flashbacks to Grandpa. So, <laughs> but it does beg the question, you know. It's funny because you hear all these people, all these like political commentators who are like, you know, we really pushed on the limits of our government and we saw that, you know, it held, you know, our government held and our systems held and everything. And I'm like, they just barely held. Like, this is nothing to be proud of because this could happen again. And with a smarter and more charismatic person, they could be successful. The government got lucky. Let's be totally real about this whole thing. They got lucky. They got lucky because he wasn't calling in anybody. They had, they was all sitting there hiding behind desks and stuff. If those people weren't so, weren't such slew-footed, jive turkey-ass dumbasses, like straight <laughs> from the hills of America, if they weren't dumbasses, they would have easily got it that day. They would have got to where they wanted yeah. to get that day because nobody yeah. was in charge. It was just running rampant at that point, you know? Right. But they were and dumb even, enough. Mm-hmm. Go on, you good. No, I would say even, let's even take a step back before that, even leading up to that, all the attempts that Donald Trump made to overturn um, a fair and free election, there were just basically a handful of people who basically didn't allow this to happen. There were a handful of election officials, both Democrat and Republican, I give credit on both sides, and um, a handful of uh, judges throughout the country who were just like, this is bogus, I'm throwing it out. Um, But it was just a handful of people who were able to prevent basically a a takeover, a nonviolent takeover of the government by Donald Trump. You know, had there been a couple of loyal loyalists to him in these various state offices, like we could have had a much different outcome. Like he could have basically declared himself the winner with the support of a couple of corrupt, you know, uh, governors or a, a couple of corrupt election fi- election officials. Yeah. Um, and even after like that didn't succeed, you see there's a number of states trying to put basically measures in place now to either disenfranchise voter voters or um, in Arizona, even trying to put processes in place where the state legislator can overthrow the election results. They can basically cast them aside and declare winners. And I'm just like. So we are actively working to undermine democracy right now in this country. It, it begs the question, can our systems hold? And to me, they are stretched and cracking at the seams. And I think they might break. 
I think we'll find out definitely within the next 20 years if it's going to actually fold and fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, it is definitely showing not cracks, but holes. They're <laughs> showing gaps in it yeah. because they let yeah. the crazies in. They were so scared of a Negro president, Barack Obama. They were so scared that black people were actually becoming actually equal in this country. They were so afraid of it that they let the crazies into the Congress, into the House, into the Senate. Now the crazies are there. And I'm sorry, but when I say crazy, yes, Ted Cruz is one of the crazies. He's been one of the crazies. He came in with the Tea Party. He's a nut job. Lindsay uh, Lohan, what's her name? Lindsay Graham? Might as as well be Lindsay Lohan. Lady Graham. Lady Graham? Oh, he done been jump ship, you know? Yeah. And Mitch McConnell tried to find his balls in the last 20 seconds, but, man, them old wrinkly things all mixed up with his skin. He can't figure out what's going on down there. He done lost it. You know what I mean? The crazies have taken over the building. That was a disgusting, disgusting. (laughs) That went places that I just didn't even want to visualize. It went places I didn't want to go. (laughs) But it's true. It's true. We have basically let the crazies into Congress at this point, and it's going to be really hard to weed them out. Now, the fact that we have QAnon believers in Congress, and Mm -hmm. these QAnon people are insane. I mean, we may as well have let Ronald McDonald into Congress at this point. I mean, they are insane. And they're holding seats of Congress now. I love it when people try to say, well, you know, I don't really mess with politics. Both sides are crazy. Because nowadays I'm like, no, they're not. No, you can't no, compare both. You can't compare no. both sides. There's a no. clear distinction of who was crazy and who was not at right. this point in history. Like, you got to stop that game. It's over. The, the side that's pro-white is kind of fucking crazy. <laughs> Just letting you know. I don't know what you're watching, but what I'm seeing, those people are kind of crazy, okay? It, they are a little bit crazy. So yeah. I just don't know. I don't know if our um, our system of government is going to hold. I think this experiment might be coming to an end. I actually think we'll know in the next 12 years. I think in these next mm. two, I think in these next two election cycles, we'll know where the country's going to go. Um, next two, like, four-year election cycles. Um, we'll see where the country's going to go. And I just don't, I don't know if we're going to make it. <laughs> I, just I don't know don't either. Know I mean, th- this is what I'm going to do in the next four years. I'm going to convince somebody to marry me. Convince them. You're going to convince someone I'm to marry you? you I'm going to convince somebody to marry me. Like, look, this, okay, this is okay. probably a good idea. You should probably marry me right now. And then I'm going <laughs> to, okay. and then I'm going to make an, ex- an exit plan. I'm kind of ready okay. to turn it in. You like, gonna, you gonna y'all can have this mess. Man, my black it from the U.S. <laughs> I just got to find a good country that doesn't hate us. It's kind of hard to find one. Um, I know. So, yeah, we yeah. both just got that pondering look. If y'all are wondering, like, what the heck just happened with them? Just started pondering. <laughs> Is there a country? kind of looking at the sky like, hmm, who where likes we bl- go? Who likes black people? Actually, oh. got together with some friends a couple months ago, and we talked about, like, where would we go if we had to leave the U.S.? Where would you go? And we were throwing out different places. People throw out some Caribbean plate, Caribbean nations. Um, too close. Too close. Mm-mm. I mean, it's close, but I mean, the ones that are independent and are financially stable, I'm okay with that. Yeah. There's always now, Canada. Now with these crazies, neighbors to the north. Huh? I could do Canada. But now with these, I can't do Caribbean islands with these crazies taking over. Because white people, when they take over, they get real power hungry. And they want everything. So... The Caribbean islands they are small enough. They're going to come down. Yeah. Oh, they're going to take them niggas out. They're going to be the first ones they take out. 
So there's Canada, which is cold, and they have their own racism there too. But um, I think they're a little further ahead um, in social evolution than we are. Yeah. Um, we can take over Europe. They don't necessarily like us, but you know. <laughs> no, they don't like tolerant. us. Um, I might go to Iceland because Iceland. I'm sure they don't like us, but Iceland, Icelanders aren't going to do anything to us. They, they're just going to look at you funny. But I'm already a woman by that point, so I don't care. Iceland has actually been on my bucket list. I, I really want to go to Iceland. See, um, so it's a cold place the... for Negroes. A cold place yeah, for Negroes. Iceland. That's going to be their new slogan. A cold place for Negroes. Right, Iceland. exactly. It looks so cold there in the winter. Um, but I, I want to see it because I want to see the northern stars there. You get a great view if you go during the right time of the year. Yes. Anyway, I'm not planning to take up refugee status in Iceland. Unless I must, then I will. Whatever. Um, Talking 12 years. the whole continent of Africa. Um, You got to give it to some of the warlords, man. Yeah, exactly. African warlords be tripping. There is a lot of neo-colonialism in Africa that I, it frightens me from a social perspective, from a religious perspective. And it's interesting because Fred Hampton talks a lot about neo-colonialists too. And just saying that basically they're just as bad as the colonial powers. Yeah, he talked a lot about neo-colonialists. So, yeah, I'm like, if Africa could shake the colonialist like stronghold and influence, it'd be an amazing place. I mean, Africa has all the resources that it needs to succeed independent of the entire rest of the world. I, I just got to find a uh, country to like run in Africa. Do you you want to run a country? I want to run a country. You want to become me, an African dictator? I, I want to become an African <laughs> dictator. Yes, because I'll be fair to the people, but I'll be a dictator. Okay. okay. Hey, some um, dictatorships work, I think. I don't know, because generally absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah, but my, my, my heir to the throne, he would be horrible. You got to kill that mug. You got to kill him. <laughs> but, but me, I would be great. They would be like, yo, Jason was like Selassie I, you know what I'm saying? But my, my okay. son... My son would play, be a problem. You gotta, I always tell him, like, when I die, it has to go to, like, a, you know, once every, like, we need a three-party system at least, and it needs to be a president every, like, four years. And But the most you can win is, like, three terms, not two. Two terms is too short. Three terms. Because Barack Obama needed another term. So that's why no, I decided. No, two terms is good. No, nah, he needed I mean, a third term. Barack, Barack needed a third term. He was good. He was good. I think two terms is good. I think you, people are in power too long and they, they get corrupted. And See, that's why them. Africans can't so. never run a damn country. Because we can't understand the terms. <laughs> I, said, I said three, Yanni. I said three. I said three terms, Yanni. Three terms. <laughs> I don't know Dude. what just happened to me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, term limits, though. Yes, wherever, whatever, whatever your government looks like, there needs to be term limits um, at every at every level. No one should be in power and in one seat for their entire life or for the rest of their life from the point that they're either appointed or elected. Um, I'm the country now. Understand? I'm the country now. <laughs> this yeah. is my country. You you already have the accent and everything. Just need to That's find right. the country. That's right. <laughs> I'm like Shaka Zulu. You remember, and he had a sister. You are the sister, and I, I am king. Okay, I don't even know. That's the Shaka Zulu accent. That's my best African accent. That's all. I don't even know what an African accent is. It's like a hundred different dialects there, right? That's because there's no African accent, because there's like hundreds of languages there, so there is not an <laughs> African accent. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. I'm the captain now. 
I'm decapitated. I don't know why, but every everybody who dis, who goes against me is going to be treated like Tom Hanks. I'm the Captain Hanks. Understand? I'm the Captain. Sit your black ass down, okay? Oh my goodness. Okay, President J of no occultos um, allowed in my part of Africa. Division. No occultos. <laughs> Too powerful. I'm, I must stop. <laughs> I can't. The Okotos are the only family I know as big as mine. No Okotos. <laughs> they will pose a threat. They're too <laughs> they powerful. Their country is their country. Their family is as big as ours. Yeah. Osei come in with the djembe and the people start dancing and I lose the country. No Okotos. <laughs> You guys are listening. Love you guys. <laughs> I said y'all were too powerful. Back. Yes, it's, go, it's, come on. We go it's way back. <laughs> but it is it one of powerful. the few families just as big as ours. <laughs> it's the only one I ever met in my life who has a family just as big as ours. <laughs> <laughs> I know others exist, but that's the only one I ever met. Oh, God. Right. The only ones we know. But um, anyway, the point of this conversation <laughs> was just to say that... Yes. America may be on its last leg. America might be. Thinking, I'm thinking that it is. So, um, and I think in 12 years we'll know for sure. And we would be. So, in in the interim, it, I'm gonna um, look for some alternative living situations. <laughs> Who would take a nice black American refugee? Yes. I know a few things. Somebody. Anybody. I'm a well, you got. I'm a teacher. I know. Huh, exactly. So you may not believe it listening skills. to this conversation. I know. <laughs> you wouldn't believe that we actually had degrees in professional careers, yeah. but we do. <laughs> so, anyway. Anyway. Food. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're still well, here. Depressing conversation. What else is there left to say? It got really dark there for a minute. It did get dark. It, like you know, way down in the jungle, deep dark. It is what it is. I've been feeling. I've actually had to like turn off social media for the last couple of days just because like it was depressing and I'm frustrated. And I mean, some of it is just like you're bombarded with information. Some of it will never amount to anything but i think i saw some article where was it lindsey graham who said that like um that vice president harris was going to be impeached like basically yeah. once that he House said she could over. he said she could <laughs> yeah. be impeached yeah and so i i was so like angry about that because i'm like impeachment is supposed to be reserved for high crimes and misdemeanors as were committed by the former president However, you all saw saw it for some reason to overlook that, but now you're going to try and drum up some allegations or charges against the vice president who literally just walked into her office three weeks ago. Um, and there's just like gender issues and race issues there that just were making me so angry that I was just like, I just need to turn this off for a while. Well, you know, you got to remember, if they gave a Barack Obama that much grief, you know they're going to give a black woman even more. So be prepared. Be ready. 
it's and I coming. know she's ready too. Like I, I am full. I'm completely we'll confident that she's ready. I mean, the thing is, she she's run up against this in California. Like you got to remember, like she was the first in many situations that she ran in in California as well. Um, in the offices that she held there, she ran for president. She didn't get very far in you know her effort, but she ran for president. So I think she was. Oh, she's. I'm confident she's aware of what she would run up against. I'm sure um, she's aware of it. How strong she is. I just. I feel like she just needs a Shabaka on her arm. <laughs> a Khalil or something. Just something real. Khalil. Ain't, ain't nothing wrong with, <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with her being married to a white man. That doesn't bother me at all. But when you're in a fight, like Barack, when Barack was in a fight, Michelle yeah, was like, yo, I, I'll take a, I'm gonna take a couple Michelle, blows with right. you. You know what I mean? Like you she know, came. Behind the scenes, he and Michelle were like, yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like but she had the swag it, yeah, though. You can see yeah. it. It's like it's like when they were leaving the White House. And you remember Michelle? She just had the hair pulled back, like just in case they want to talk slick. We we good. <laughs> if you know I need to snatch these you know what I'm saying? off real quick. I don't really see that with Kamala Harris' husband. Like, Yo, did you see how he stormed that stage when that protester came on? No, I he listen. He that might was not cute. have the same swagger as a brother, but he, he did don't step stand up. by his woman. He did step he, up. I'm going to give him his props. I'm going to give the brother his flowers. That stage was a good five feet off the ground. That yeah. old man ran and flew up on that stage. Yeah, but no, I, to fight that boy. So <laughs> he, he got his woman back. No, 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 I know, I know he got his woman. I ain't, ain't going to say that he ain't a man. Like he, he, Of course he got his woman back. He going to step <clears throat> But it was just, he got her back. Now he need to start He need to start hanging out with her, her cousins and get some of the swag. You know what I'm saying? You need a little bit of the swag. Michelle had the swag. Need a little swag. A little Michelle swag had that swag, man. The Michelle swag made with Obama's swag. Uh, Barack Obama's swag like times ten. Just yeah. she was that chick with him that was like, oh, that woman with him that was like, yo, that's that's Barack and Michelle, son. You you don't, you don't yeah, go there. I mean, they were they were a black power couple. You know what's they, what's Kamala Harris' uh, husband name? Doug. Doug see, M. Emhoff, Emhoff, see, I think is his last name. You're making it even worse. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Kamala and Doug gonna be nah. <laughs> Don't Kamala sound good? Doug, Emhoff, like what? What? It's Kamala. I said Kamala. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you said. I said Kamala. What? You said Kamala. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up, <laughs> hold up, hold up. This, you want to know? You know? You want to know what makes this even worse? I don't want to take up all our time, but Kamala was the Ugandan giant. He was a wrestler <laughs> that came out half naked with white paint on his face. My bad, that was Kamala. The first thing that popped in my head, I was like, her name is not Kamala, the Ugandan giant. Oh God. On that note, I'm going to turn my mic off. I am done for the night. It's been great, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for the show. I accept your flowers. (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
somebody on, so that the dancer just won't hide. 